Hi, this is Eric Larson, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 127 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. My name's Rick Verbonis. I am your host for this episode, and I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. You're crossing the streams, Rick. <laughs> I, I am. You are definitely crossing the streams. Yeah, a little DC yeah. action there, huh? Yeah, but I know what I think I know where you're going with this. Okay, Bob, tell me, tell me why why my hello to you this time was a quote from what? Well, was it Batman? I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, so clearly it must have something to do with the year that this comic book came out, which is 1989. It is. Right. Batman was the number one grossing movie mm -hmm. of 1989. And yes, that is the time frame we are covering today of our uh, Captain America issue that we are covering, which is not in Captain America. We are branching out, Bob. We're, we're going into a completely different series of The Amazing Spider-Man. I didn't even know this was allowed. So, well, but here we are. I, uh, I called in, <laughs> uh, I got permission. Permission. Yeah. I, I got, I got, yeah, we were allowed to, to, to do this. For... Went up to the front office. Yeah. Talk yeah. about crossing streams. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing all kinds of throwing yeah. things out. You, you are listening to the Captain America comic right. book fans podcast. Just, just, I, uh, I, I wondered though, I mean, if it also, I, you know, I knew the movie came out in 1989, but you know, Man, I don't know if you've been watching that new trailer for Flash. I know. Is that cool or what? You know, I don't normally get all that excited. Um, I love all superhero movies, but I mean, it doesn't really amp me up, but that one really amped me up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I Otherwise, I don't know how much interest I'd have in watching a Flash movie. Right. Um, yeah. Let alone this version of Flash. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're going into like the time stream and going into like multiple universes. And I'm sure... There are a whole bunch of surprises out there of cameos and things like that, which right. is why I'm going to have to like go out and see that movie right away. Yep. Uh, because I don't want to have any uh, surprise or anything like that. But it, um, we're not ruining anything because it, it certainly is mentioned in the cameo and you get, you know, Flash looking up and, you know, and, and Michael Keaton does his famous line he does it and he actually he adds a little to it i think he goes yeah i'm batman <laughs> and then he and then you hear the 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 music dan the, the danny elfman music yeah, music yeah. from from the soundtrack right as yeah. he's, he's diving down so yeah that's pretty cool i saw a meme in uh you know in one of the comic book groups that i'm on on facebook and it was um yeah Dr. Manhattan from, from Watchmen, right? He's like, you know, the yeah. tall, the blue guy, the ball blue yeah. guy, you know, mostly naked guy. Yeah. And he lives in different times at the same time. Mm 
And then in Watchmen, I'm sure you read Watchmen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a okay. long time ago. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, me too. And and there's a part where he he talks about how he's in, you know, it's this year, blah 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 blah. And and the meme is a you know is a is a, it looks like a panel from the Watchmen of Doctor Manhattan, and it, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says something like 1989. I'm in the theater. Michael Keaton is Batman. Harrison Ford reprises his role <laughs> as as Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's 2023. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's it's crazy if you think about it, right? I mean, I saw that right. too. You know, I went to see Quantumania, Ant-Man Quant- Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania over the uh-huh. weekend. Yeah, and I was a little bit late getting to it, but I saw the previews for Indiana Jones too, and I'm like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, yeah, it, it is crazy because um, I think Batman. I mean, Batman was the number one grossing movie in 1989. I want to say Indiana Jones and Last Crusade was number two. Probably so. Uh, probably so. I I do remember seeing them both in the theater, um, even though that was quite a busy year for me. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. If I can. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they do in movie mag- movie magic, right? It's movie magic, but Harrison Ford's like, what, 80? Yeah, uh, and, and, and Michael Keaton's 70. Yeah, he's 70, and, and they're kicking it. And I'm like, I hope I hope to God when I'm that age, I can I can still pull it off. Right. Oh, right? I'm sure you can, Bob. But, you know, I was, uh, I, I want to tell a funny story. I, I taught class this morning, Rick. I teach class every Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And after my class ends at 845, another professor comes in uh, that I'm friendly with. And we spend a few minutes chatting. Um, mm-hmm. And as I'm chatting with her, uh, one of her students comes in, first student. And a uh, nice young man. And as I'm leaving, he, he looks at me and he goes, excuse me, how old are you? <laughs> and, and I said, well, um, I'm 55. Uh, and, and he says, oh, thank you. And so my, the teacher, who was <laughs> he, what do you have a bet? <laughs> who, yeah, I know. Right. The teacher, uh, who is, is a friend of mine, her name, her last name is strange. So she goes by Dr. Strange, which is nice. Right. It's of nice. Course. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, awesome. So she goes, Joshua, why the heck would you ask him that? And he said, but I wanted to know because he, he looks young, but he has all that gray hair. <laughs> hey, there you go. So, so Bob, now, you know, you just have to, to do a little, uh, a little touch up a little. Yeah. What, what's that? Uh, well, what's uh, that? I don't know. I'm going to wash that gray. Yeah. I know I've been making fun of, you know. I'm yeah. not going to say who's I'm making fun of for coloring her hair, oh, but, okay. uh, yeah, but I'm married to her. And, uh. <laughs> uh, so I called her immediately and I said, Hey, where do you get that stuff? <laughs> right. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, those guys are looking pretty good for 70 and 80 respectively. Yeah, they are. They are. Where do you get hair? <laughs> I could use some. I could use some, Bob. Well, I'll keep bagging it up. I cut it at home. So I know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm, 52 and and i was at a uh a work function and um a lot of people i'm i'm older than most people uh at my where my colleagues mm-hmm. and uh and one of them found out how old i was and she's like wow you look really good for your age and i'm like you just keep that between us <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to know my age <laughs> the other thing i get is wow 
you look you look pretty good for 55 and you're still into comics (laughs) (laughs) all of our listeners are probably have gotten that right they know that one right yeah you know what we're young at heart we're young at heart gotta stay kids 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 where it counts i know i yeah i will say I don't like doing this too often, but my ex-wife, uh, she had said this about me, I don't know, a dozen years ago. So maybe I'm like 40. And she she pointed out, you know, this is, I think we were actually going through a divorce at the time. And she points out that I still read comics and that I'm, because of that, I'm immature and I have a fetish. Oh, <laughs> reading comics <laughs> is a fetish. Yes. Now I was like, dis- maybe she was disappointed. That was the fetish. I don't uh, know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, I, I was, was kind of like, you know, that's uh, just, that's just, I don't know. Yeah. Right. That's ignorant. I, you I'm know sure what? a lot of listeners get that. A lot yeah. of the listeners get that. Yeah. We've yeah. Heard that once or twice. Right. Or just young at heart. That's right. all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and I think if we've learned anything here today, Rick, and over the last 125 episodes, mm-hmm. it's that uh, you can learn an awful lot from from a comic story. Oh right? yeah, right. God knows my vocabulary right. is um, big. <laughs> well done. Yes, thank you. It's elephantine. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. All right, so Bob, we we talked about we're covering today uh, Amazing Spider-Man, but we didn't say what we're covering. We're covering issues 323 through 325. It is parts four, five, and six of of a six-part story. And and I know the listeners are like, what? That's crazy. Why would you do that to Mm -hmm. us? We wouldn't know the first half story. Well, first of all, first half of the story doesn't have Captain America, so who cares? What's the point? Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, so we're we're getting into the last three parts of the story, which actually has Captain America in it. But why are we doing this? Well, um, Amazing Spider-Man during that time period, 1989, was towards the end of a two-year run by one Mr. Todd McFarlane. Now, Todd McFarlane was a huge superstar by this point. Uh, he, like I said, he had been on Amazing Spider-Man for for about two years at this point, and he is rocking it. Uh, in fact, he he moves off of this to his own new series just called Spider-Man, and he is the writer and artist on that. So um, this is towards the very end of that. But one thing about Tom McFarlane I thought was kind of cool is, um, uh, you know, today is if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, it's, it's March 15th. Uh, Todd's birthday is March 16th, and he was born in 1961. So tomorrow... If you're listening to this when it first comes out, we uh, Tom McFarlane's turning 62. Now, if you didn't feel old before, Bob, that should probably make you feel pretty old. Right. Yeah, I know. That does, actually. Right. Because I, I certainly remember when he was uh, uh, just coming into his heyday. And uh, that seems like yesterday. I know. 
Do you remember seeing the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton, 1989? Do you remember seeing it in the theater? Do you remember where you were or anything like that? I know we talked about this before. You were like, oh, I have a bad memory. I don't remember I do things have a like bad that. Memory. But I, I, I remember that there were only two movie theaters uh, within driving distance. One was in Lawrence, that was the new theater, and one was in Merrimack and off Route 3. And that was the one I usually went to because it was a lot closer and it was certainly cheaper. So I'm sure I saw it there. Okay. I, I actually remember being in the movie theater mm -hmm. so excited to see this movie. Now, this was between my freshman and sophomore summer, the summer between my freshman and sophomore year in college. So I am, I'm 18 going on 19. And so I'm still a kid, right? And I'm so excited because this was the first real serious comic book movie you know out there yeah. at least at least for superheroes right and budget, you know yeah. prior to that it was you know the, the stuff you saw on tv right like uh mm -hmm. this the spider-man and hulk and we did superman right we had superman by then. that's true but, that's yeah. true but yeah. yeah yeah that that's very true but but this one was serious and darker and uh and and i was so excited to see this mature version of, of Batman. And I remember going to the theater with my mom and dad, and it was a packed house, packed. So I didn't actually sit with them because there was enough space. So I sat in front of them and I was sitting next to this um, young black lady. She, she probably was maybe just a couple of years older than me. I don't know, but I treated her, like she was the, my best friend and like we have been friends for a very long time because I would sit there and then something would happen. And I'd be like, that's Harvey Dent. He turns into Two-Face, you know, and I'm like talking to her, <laughs> you know, I'm like geeking out, you know, yeah. uh, and, I, and I'm sure and she was laughing. She, was, she, she never probably, went back to the movie theater again. I No, no, no. Yeah. And, she, and they, she's probably still telling this story to somebody else, you know, right yeah. now when she thinks of Batman. From, I had this guy sitting next to me. He was just chatting oh me goodness. up. He was the biggest yeah. comic geek. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Good movie. Good movie. Good times. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, comic geeking out, we uh, we do have another five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Bob. Awesome. I know. So this one is given by RL Sharp 77 And that's one of my favorite RL Sharps, I might Of say. all of them? Yeah, of all of them. Oh, yeah. So that was a good, that was a good year. Tops my book. Uh, this one, very succinct, very succinct and to the point. Um, the title is Best Darn Podcast Around. And then what they wrote was, enough said, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. I love that. There you Good go. To the point. Very Thank much you. so. Thank you, yeah. RL Sharp 77. We appreciate that. Now, if you want to leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts uh, or iTunes um, and you can make a request. I could do it in a silly accent. I could do it in a particular character's voice, leave it in the review and I will do that for you. Mm -hmm. Please do it. Please. Yes. I'm begging you. Yeah. Bob, Bob, do you, 
are you going to you have any suggestions for our listeners of what what voice you'd like to hear me doing? Oh, you know, I'm all, I always enjoy when you do Monty Python voices, Rick. You know, ah. I always, always enjoy that. I thought of you. I saw an article this week about how exercising 10 minutes a day can reduce your risk for heart disease and stroke and certain forms of cancer. And the picture they showed was side by side. They had a picture of somebody out like speed walking. And then next to it, they had a picture of somebody doing a silly walk. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. A little John yeah. Cleese action. <laughs> they had John Cleese. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I was like, oh my God, this was like on CNN, you know? <laughs> so. uh, awesome stuff. Yeah. All right. So um, one other thing I want to mention before we get into the comic is what's going on right now in our Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. So if you're not part of that group, make sure you join. It's a lot of fun. This is our third annual Cap Madness. We tie this in with March Madness. We have our little, little bracket going on. First year we did it, we did favorite Captain America artists. Jack Kirby beat out Mike Zeck as favorite Captain America artist. Last year, we'd had favorite Captain America covers. And I do think Mike Zeck won that. I can't remember which one. But um, but that we did last year covers. This year, we're doing writers. Favorite Captain America writers. Not best, favorite. Right. No one can argue with you on who your favorite is. So we're going to keep it positive. We're only focusing on our favorite Captain, Captain America artist. So the way it works is just like any other bracket. Um, we start with 32 writers. Uh, the, the criteria was they had to write at least five issues of a Captain America series story. I had to throw a couple of miniseries in the end just to get to 32. Um, we went through a rigorous process of seeding. So people went ahead and they liked all the different ones they liked so that way we could seed them. Um, and so the, you know, just like you wouldn't in, in like an NCA AA bracket, you have the top seeded against the least seeded and then, you know, they, they move on from there. So we have right now we're in, you know, the, the main bracket where we have, you know, uh, 32. So what, what do you do? How do you win? You go to the Facebook group every day at noon Eastern time, I will post two writers. All you have to do is vote for the one that you like now to make it fun, to make it interesting in the comments section, you want to say, this is why I love this writer. Here's some stories that he did post a few covers, whatever you want to do. You want to, you know, uh, sway it positively towards your person, the more the merrier. We love that. Now, right now, the 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 heavy favorites, Bob. Any uh do you, are you paying attention? Do you have any guess or do you have I, any guess you know, on who the heavy favorites are? I do think, you know, we're, we're definitely gonna see a Mark Wade. We're, we're gonna see mm -hmm. Grunwald. Uh I think there's gonna be a Stan Lee. Uh will certainly rise to the top. Beyond that, I think maybe uh, an Ed Brubaker. Yeah. You know, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, honestly, uh, Stan Lee didn't make the top five mm. in the seating. Yeah. He just was just outside the top five. Top five were some of those you mentioned. Mark yeah. Grunwald, Mark Way, Ed Brubaker, uh, but also J.M. DeMatteis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See Steve that. Englehart. Mm -hmm. Yep. Two I voted for right there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. So check it out every day on the Facebook group. 
noon Eastern time, a new poll will go up and we're going to keep doing this on a daily basis uh, until we get to a winner of your favorite Captain America writer. Yeah. Good. I, I think this is great. This is a, this is a great. I, I applaud you for coming up with this and uh, and doing all the legwork to make this happen. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I really look forward to the conversations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get to that comic we talked about, Bob. So, Amazing Spider-Man issue three twenty three had a release date of July fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Cover date of November nineteen eighty nine. The writer David Michelini. He had been on the series for quite some time. Uh, Penciler, as I mentioned before, going on basically two years now, is Todd McFarlane. He's also inking his own work. The colorist is friend of the show, Bob Sharon. Letterer, Rick Parker. I wonder if he ever got teased about that at Marvel. You know, hey, is Peter your brother? <laughs> uh, editor, Jim Salacrup. Would you like to hear the solicitation for this oh, one? Oh, I would. I would indeed. Well, sorry, I don't have that. Oh. Uh, wasn't provided. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep you guessing. Every once in a while, there's going to wah, wah. So this is uh, the assassination. Okay. And I, I'm going to put this out. It's assassin nation plot. Not assassination. Assassin nation plot oh they were so clever with that uh why because it actually involves a few different nations that are there's an assassination that gets a few different nations fighting towards each other you'll get caught up as we go through this unfortunately there's not a recap ah you'll figure it out you'll figure it out yep all right bob do you want to um maybe take the listeners through the cover yeah, you know it's a it's an interesting cover, Rick. This this cover has always jumped out for me for a couple of reasons. One is it's got a great, you know, I mean, Cap takes up a big chunk of this cover, right? And he's standing there, and he's got a clenched fist in his right hand, and his left arm is raised above his shoulder, and it's got the shield on it, and he's looking downward. He's got a really intense look on his face, and then behind him on the wall is, of course, Spidey. Right. And, and Spidey's in an inverted pose clinging to the wall. And so I love that aspect of this cover. What confuses me, however, is that string like material. Uh, and that's always bothered me. Do you know what is that? You're talking about the web? Is that what it is? I, it, lo it looks yeah. like barbed wire. It does. That was that was something that Todd McFarlane really made famous for Spider-Man. Um, he made the the webbing to to have that barbed wire look um huh. you know where it's all intertwined on each other um and and was one of the things that kind of made him unique and different and cool um so yeah that that's that's totally a, a him I, thing I, I was not aware i don't think of he's that. the first to do it but he's certainly yeah. the one who made it made it popular huh okay all right you see now, you learned something from this show folks at least now, i now uh at the top it has the Assassin Nation plot, part four of six, now on sale twice a month. Mm. And we have uh, the webbing behind all of the, the logo and the writing. Um, and I like the box. It says, make way for Captain America. And Captain America is done in the Captain America font that is going on right now on that series. 
So going on over in Cap's book right now, um, at this time period, July of 1989, release date, cover date, November of 1989, it's actually the end of the Bloodstone Hunt. So we just finished uh, a uh, a biweekly book here, six-part story, The Bloodstone Hunt, um, which was written by Mark Grunewald in art uh, by Kieran Dwyer and Danny Blandi. And so um, so that's what's going on in Cap's book. If you want to, that helps kind of place you in the story that that typically, or, or the depiction of Captain America at that time. All right, so we open up to a, a gigantic splash page, and it is the character by the name of Solo, not Han Solo, Solo, and he's a he's a mercenary slash vigilante. Uh, he wears a an all green jumpsuit um, that allows his his hair to stick out, and he has you know pistols and knives and grenades and boleros and everything all over him. He's just one big, you know, uh, arsenal, if you will, uh, walking around. Um, he does have um, one particular gadget that makes him kind of unique is he is a teleporter, teleporter um, that he can kind of zap in and zap out. But he is kind of like a punisher. He just, he goes in and he just kills people. And quite frankly, this is 1989, going on 1990. Uh, this is very common uh, in the comics world, where you know you start to see more of these dark characters. It's the Bernie Gets effect, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it reads: In the sewers beneath Paris, a darkness has come to the City of Light. Terrorists from Ultimatum, bent on blowing up the famed Arc de Triomphe. And all that stands against them is a man who suddenly sparkles into existence in their midst, a man as vital and deadly as the C4 explosives they carry, a man called Solo. And Bob, what does ultimatum stand for again? <laughs> it's, a, it's French for a bad guy. <laughs> uh, oh it doesn't there there's not some sort of handy dandy little uh, editor's note there oh is there, is there i gotta probably uh just scroll down no there's no editor's note doggone it uh, oh man hmm. you know, quality really went down in the 80s yeah apparently we gotta we gotta make a little letter <laughs> send a letter in to jim salcrop <laughs> so ultimatum right cap fans should know who ultimatum is right Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've covered them in one or two of our podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So bad guys, uh, originally led by the, uh, the flag smasher, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, and of course they oppose any national identity, right? So they're anti-nationalism, yes. not, not necessarily anarchists in a traditional sense, but, but against any, any sense of national identity or national sovereignty. And the title to this particular issue is Assault Revels. I mean, it's not, in Paris. Uh, nice. So, <laughs> not Assault Rifles, Assault Rivals. Revels. Yes. Ah. Uh, so, there are a lot of firing back and forth and a lot of bravado being, you know, thrown at each other and so forth and and solo basically rips them apart with his machine gun and they're getting shot down 
Um, he then, he, and, and the irony is not lost on me. He says, you think the ends justify the means you're wrong. And then he throws a knife into some guy's heart. <laughs> Different time. Yeah. I, I, yep. I guess he thinks the ends justify the means, but anyway. Um, so there's one guy left after he, he slaughters all the others and he puts his arms up in the air and he throws his gun down. He says, I give up. And Solo just says, sorry, not interested. Now tell me, where's your regional leader, Major Toller Wheel? Uh, and he puts the gun right in the guy's face. And he's like, but I surrendered. This isn't right. And then he jams it through his eye mask. You're a terrorist. You murder children. Don't talk to me of morality. I'm no terrorist. I'm a freedom fighter then you'll be a freedom fighter without a face. And then he, he basically tells him where he is. Um, so he, he leaves and then the guy thinks he can reach for his gun and he asks him, who are you? I'm Batman. Oh, sorry. I got, I got my, my, my streams crossed. I'm called Solo. And there's one other thing you should probably know about me, why I live. And he takes a grenade, pulls out the pen and throws it at him. While I live, terror dies. And then uh, you see an explosion. Yeah. Uh, but in Simcaria, uh, which is a country somewhere in Europe, Right. It, it sounds like it is. I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At the castle of symbolic ruler King Stefan, terror had been very much alive the day before and it has struck with savage suddenness, much as eggs and assorted produce now strike the limousine of the arriving American ambassador. They don't like us very much, do they, sir? Grayson, their king's fiance was killed in a terrorist attack. During the same conflict, someone murdered their prime minister, and evidence has been found linking both incidents to the Central Intelligence Agency. Really? Can you blame them? So they go inside, um, and they're talking to Ambassador Hawthorne, and um, the acting prime minister, Alphonse Galactic, is there. Um and says basically Silver Sable uh, is there to brief in. He said her company was in charge of security during the Royal Jubilee, and she is personally conducting an investigation into the recent slayings. Bob, for our listeners, can you tell them who Silver Sable is? I really can't, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I've only read one comic with silver sable in it does that and include this one no but this is the second first one was uh was uh i read an amazing spider-man story where peter parker went to uh northern africa to find out who 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 really was responsible for the death of his parents and oh, yeah. uh, silver sable was involved in that storyline as well turned out it was albert malik the soviet red skull hmm yeah. So uh, can you describe what Silver Saber looks I like? I sure can. And I would love to. <laughs> I figured that was one heck of a one heck of a woman. This is uh -huh. in my wheelhouse. So she is tall. 
and lean and mean, Rick. And she is dressed entirely in uh, some sort of white, tight fabric. Uh, Some would say silver. Silver. Yeah, it's silver-ish. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she has, uh, of course, very silver hair as well. Uh, And of course, she's got gauntlets on those are those are match her uniform silver and uh and uh, boots as well uh with high heels oddly enough um, Mm -hmm. in this particular instance so she is certainly from head to toe uh silvery white in appearance yeah and a little background on silver sable uh her name is not silver sable it is uh i'm going to pronounce this wrong but uh, Silvija, Silvija Sabanova, something like that. S-I-L-V-I-J-A, Silvija Sablanova. But she goes by Silver Sable. So she's basically, she's like a mercenary. Um, she she leads uh, this, this group called the Wild Pack. Um, they hunt down war criminals. Um, she's the owner of Silver Sable International. So as a mercenary, you know, she she's basically, uh, you know, a, a warrior for hire. She does come from the country, uh, Simcaria. So she is in that, you know, small European country. So that is her her home base. Um, so she's been around for um, only a few years at this point. I think her her first appearance was Amazing Spider-Man 265. Um, she was created by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. So that's that's um, a major person in this particular story of the assassination plot. The ambassador comes in to, to talk to Miss Sable. And coming from the ceiling, hanging from the ceiling, is Spider-Man. He's there. And he says, boy, am I glad to hear an American accent. Hang on, I'll be right down. And he uh, he's hanging from the ceiling with uh, with that webbing that you were curious about, Bob. Uh, you know, with that little Bob wire looking webbing. Yeah, a lot of detail, a lot of detail into uh, the webbing. I mean, sure, it takes a lot more time to draw that, uh, and there's a lot of detail going into uh, Spider-Man's costume too. Yeah, that is true. Lots of uh, detail on the, the webbing pattern. So the ambassador says to says Sable, what worries me most, Miss Sable, is reports of massing troops. Don't you think your country is overreacting? Mr. Ambassador, when Silver Sabre International uncovered an assassination conspiracy and linked it to the questionable American institutions, such as the Life Foundation, we hired Spider-Man to help protect the presumed target, King Stefan. But when Ultimatum attacked, providing a diversion, something ripped our Prime Minister to pieces instead, and near the corpse we found a capsule of Panadoxin, a rare poisoned issue to CIA field agents. That alone isn't proof of American involvement, but it is enough to stoke the fires of anger and of retribution. But, Miss Sable, America's Simcaria's friend! And Iran was your enemy. You sold them missiles. What's she referring to there, Bob? Damn! 
damn, that was cold. Well, I, she's referring to the Iran-Contra affair, Rick, I, I uh, suppose, when we sold uh, missiles to Iran in contravention of, uh, of armament restriction um, laws and <clears throat> used the proceeds to fund the Contra rebels in Central America under yes. the Reagan administration. Ollie North, remember? Do you remember watching those? I remember, do. Do you remember watching those hearings? Yeah. Remember Fawn? Yeah. yeah, you're 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 rocking a little bit of that uh, Ollie North gray right now. Yeah, I sure am. It finally caught up to me. Right. Yeah. Spidey butts in here. Hey guys, isn't the important thing finding the assassin? Then we could show whether or not. Butt out, Spider Man. Huh? Haven't you done enough already? The mere presence of an American vigilante whose criminal ties have been hinted at, hinted at in reputable publications only lends credence to anti-American sentiment. Reputable? You mean someone besides J. Jonah Jameson is bashing me now? Maybe I should look more for a more sympathetic ear. Where are you going? To address my adoring public. And he walks out. This whole murder thing's shaking me up. Wish I could just go home and be Peter Parker. And the people at home who care about Peter Parker are probably worried silly. I'm too much in the spotlight now to call them. But maybe there's another way to get the word out. And he walks up to the press who are standing outside the gate. Hi, folks. Those cameras live? Transmitting to the U.S.? Good. I've got a statement to make. I'd like the people to know that has never been my intention, nor have I performed any act whatsoever to embarrass the United States of America. In truth, I'm being a model citizen, and everything is just fine. So they cut to Queens and the boarding house run by May Parker. Who's May Parker, Bob? Aunt May? Ah, maybe she's making some wheat cakes. <laughs> for nathan yeah now if spider-man is meddling in international affairs he has his gall nathan hush and then mary jane's standing there with aunt may and nathan uh, nathan's just a an older man in a wheelchair watching the tv and she thinks to herself peter punched the model <laughs> i hope not <laughs> <laughs> that would bring shame probably <laughs> Yeah. Peter punched the word model, referring to my modeling career. That message was for us. Um, oh, May, I forgot to tell you. Peter called from his photo assignment in Simcaria. He's okay. That was a bit careless to forget, Mary Jane. But I am glad to hear that Peter is safe. So am I. I just hope he stays that way. So in conclusion, I'd like to... Hey, where's everybody going? They're all bored with uh, his really nothing to say speech. And they look up. One of the reporters says, he's here. And Spidey thinks, he? Who's he? He is a man who will always find a way. When his country stands threatened, when freedom is compromised, for he is the flag-clad warrior known as... Captain America. And he's parachuting in, Bob. He pretty sure cool, is. Pretty cool scene, right? It is a pretty cool scene. So well, I'm was... wondering, why does he need a parachute? 
Oh, yeah. Well, because he's not going into the ocean, <laughs> right? There's actually solid ground underneath him. So that image, it was so cool, Bob, that uh, Marvel knew what they had there. And so for the 50th anniversary of Captain America, they tried to do some cool promotional things, mm -hmm. right? And they went ahead and they turned that image into a bumper sticker. Oh, so they did. Right? Isn't that cool? Yeah, that is cool. And it says 50th anniversary in the corner and it's Captain America's red, white, and blue logo. And then on the side here is an image from uh, that exact image. Yeah. Yeah, I can't uh, still have that. I can't believe it's not on your minivan. Well, I didn't get this back in the day. This is oh. actually something I was given to me a, a few years ago by somebody in our Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. Um, wow. Ken Fries, yeah. uh, who runs a really cool, he runs actually several groups. Um, one that I spend the most time on is the Mike, the art of Mike Zek Facebook group. Um, but Ken, knowing that I'm a huge Captain America fan, came across this and uh, just mailed it out to me. That was nice. It is, and I have it taped here on on my computer monitor so that I can see it every day. Nice. And then the uh, the media run up to Captain America. Captain, is it true you're here by presidential request? Are you representing the Avengers? What about rumors that you're working for the CIA? And he he smiles at the camera. And like a good politician, he just says the right stuff. For now, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say that I've come to set things right. And Ultimatum is watching the, the newscast, and they are uh, not too happy about it. Interesting panel here, Bob, by Todd McFarlane. It is. It is from the top looking down but it is extreme and, and there's one guy the major sitting on the couch there's a couple of guys behind him they're all wearing their ultimatum uniforms um including their masks and goggles and i don't know why they need to do that when they're inside but anyway it's very detailed i mean the amount of equipment you know that they're looking at it, it almost reminds me of like a john byrne panel mm -hmm. and it is there's a lot of electronic uh apparatus there uh it looks like a lot of communication gear it looks like you know i've seen like racks of equipment like that in uh in secure rooms that you know these are all electronic countermeasure equipment and cryptographic stuff so it, it, it actually looks very realistic hmm. so they're not happy about it now we cut back to spider-man and he's thinking to himself i should get away i'm being treated like hired help wasn't even invited to join in their strategy session. I should just grab my passport and kiss this place good. And then walking in is Captain America. Are you with us, Spider-Man? Huh? Captain America has assured me that your government was not involved. With his reputation, that is enough for me. But not, I'm afraid, for a country full of enraged citizens crying for blood. And then we cut to the next panel, which is kind of a cool panel. Another cool uh, Spider panel, yeah. Spider-Man, who is sitting on top of a, uh, a an old statue, you know, kind of broken without the arms and and so on. He's now standing on the side of it, like his feet, you know, are yeah. sticking to it. But he has the strength to just stand straight. Yeah. He's parallel to the floor. 
Yeah. It's crazy. It's like he was standing up straight off the floor, but at a 90 degree angle. Did I get that right? 90 degree angle? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ironically, the CIA has provided information indicating an ultimatum stronghold on the Simkaria Latvian border. As I was telling Silver, our best bet would be to send in an assault force and try to find the actual assassin. That way we could prove that America wasn't behind the murders. Gee, why didn't I think of that? Your contract has been fulfilled, Spider-Man. You can pick up your payment at our embassy in New York. What you do now is up to you. If I was smart, I'd get the heck out of here. If I was smart, I wouldn't look back. If I was smart, I'd be in another line of work. And he follows him into the helicopter. And slightly more than an hour later, along Simkaria's mountainous northern edge, that ski lodge used to be Mecca for Europe's jet set. But it was closed some months ago for repairs. Isolated, defensible, ultimatum's probably very secure in there. And warm. Next time I gotta bring my thermal spidey suit. My wild pack agents will remain here to stop anyone trying to flee. The three of us will then tackle the main building. Seems sound to you, Captain? Cap nods, and as the stalwart trio begins their cautious descent on the rocky slope. I appreciate you coming along, Spider-Man, but do you mind if I ask why you decided to join up? It might sound corny, then, then again, maybe not to you, but heck, America's my country, too. Good for you, son. And he smiles and he pats Spidey on the back. Maybe not so good. Spider sense tingling, warning of, look out! Ultimatum ski troops hidden under the powder. Only a couple of dozen... I expected primary defenses to be a bit more formidable. And in the time between, he said, a bit more and formidable, he tosses his shield, which goes and ricochets off of all of them, making all kinds of sound effects, Bob. Oh, yeah. Spunk. And then he catches it and he punches the last one. The Spidey thinks to himself, gaining the high ground should give me an advantage over, huh? Jet skis are really jet-powered. They're taking to the air. But one quick move, and he grabs uh, the jet ski from one, and he flings the guy. And Ultimatum's got its first astronaut. Well, he probably just killed the guy. Right? I mean, he just flung him up straight up in the air. Yeah. And they were already up high in the air when he did that. And then Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer, Silver Sable uh, throws uh, some some throwing weapons and she jams the skier's boards. And then she makes some short work of them. Uh, and then um, the major, the guy that they're all after is inside and he decides to to um he needs to get out of there he, he seems pretty pretty yellow and uh based on some previous comments and so he's going to set off the explosives on the side of the mountain 
which will kill the ski soldiers, but hey, they're going to die with honor. But right before he does that, who zaps in, Bob? Solo. <laughs> was that your job of the hut <laughs> accent? What the hell was that? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, solo. <laughs> I am Solo, your executioner. Guards. And then, uh, so they're, they're starting firing. There's a little fire action going on. Uh, and uh, got a little more blood going and some massacre. Wow. But the guy, the major runs away and he gets to the escape craft. He gets on that. And just as he's about to get away, Solo shows up and shoots the guards. But just before Solo could shoot him, Spidey, Cap, and Silver Sable break through. Is that a wall, a door? I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a wall. You know? Okay. It seemed I could have used the door. But... Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> they look like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> One of them's <laughs> armed. I'll take care of the gun, and I'll take out the gunman. And he does. And he throws the shield right into Solo, who uh, knocks him back into a wall. But the Major escapes. Helicopter squat. Initiate pursuit. Northwest trajectory. Immediately. You idiots. That was Toller Whale, one of Ultimum's top officers. By stopping me, you've set him free. And just who the blazes are you? Solo. And I'm on your side. Solo, eh? I've heard of you. You're a self-proclaimed anti-terrorist whose origins are somewhat hazy and whose methods are somewhat questionable. I get the job done. Ideology isn't important now. We, need, we still need information on the Prime Minister's assassin. When I first encountered Whale, he was at what appeared to be a communications center just down the corridor. Meet you there, and Spidey jumps off. Now, that's a cool pose by, by Spidey, isn't it? That is that is pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. He's he's leaning, he's got one leg behind, one arm behind, he's got his knee moving forward. It's a very actionable pose. I mean, you know, it it, it no wonder he was really popular. Like that was something you just didn't normally see. Yeah, I gotta give him that. Moments later, I caught this guy trying to erase computer records. I don't know how successful he was. He wouldn't get give me the access codes to call the menu and so he's hanging upside down by a web and solo goes over to him and puts a gun in his face he will talk or he will die just a minute mister we don't work that way easy captain why don't you let me talk to him very well silver i'll keep an eye on solo and then she walks up to him and pulls out a knife, puts it in his face. You know, a gun would have been quicker. And she smiles. Uh, access code Niner Z Delta. And Spidey notices this. Gosh, Sable, I'll bet you and Solo could be real buddies. I get the job done. Soon outside, um, they're talking, the four of them. You're welcome to come along, Solo, if you're willing to follow the rules. My computer experts were able to piece bits of data together. Their ferret likely lead to Whale's whereabouts. 
Solo replies, I follow my own rules. And then he zaps out. Give my regards to Captain Kirk. <laughs> no, I get that reference. Oh, I love it. We were able to retrieve a printout of the man who was hired for the actual assassination. Sabretooth, but I thought he was dead. Why don't I find out? You two go after Whale. We can compare notes later. I think maybe I should go with you, Silk. After all, Sabretooth has to be alive to testify. Suspicion doesn't become you, Captain. And then Paladin shows up. Who's Paladin, Bob? He's a big, big guy with a gun. But big, he's a mercenary too, big, right? Big guy with a gun and a visor. Yeah. Another one of those late 80s, early 90s guys. Yeah. In an all purple padded outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there were a lot of them then. Yeah. We just had... We just had word from the Capitol. The American ambassador has been recalled because of death threats. If something isn't done soon, the next step could be war. Dun, dun, dun. All right, we're going to cut to issue 324. Bob, let's get to the cover. It is Sabertooth on the cover. Wowzers. Take take the take the listeners through it, Bob. Wow, I don't even know where to begin with that, Rick. Um you know, look, there are folks who are huge fans of like the art from this period, and particularly Todd Todd McFarlane, because he puts so much line detail into his uh, his illustrations. And and this is a prime example, right? Uh, you look at Sabretooth, just just like the the inking on his muscles, the the detail on his flowing hair, uh, the detail on his his claws. Um, I mean, then of course, in the background, you have uh, you know a cliff. They're on a on a cliff, and you can see the edge of the cliff. There's so much detail here, and in the foreground, of course, you see you see Spidey's hands, and he's just getting ready, you know, to fire his webbing out of both hands. Um, but that's all you see are his are his hands in the foreground, mm -hmm. and even on the hands, there's so much detail on the design pattern of of Spidey's suit. This is just like an exemplar of, of McFarland's level of detail. Indeed. Um, yeah. And, in, and, and like you said, like the, you know, Spidey's got his hands up, which is pretty cool. And one thing I failed to mention in the, the little uh, box at the bottom where, you know, sometimes you see the barcodes, right. Um, this one has a close-up picture of Sabretooth's face. Last one, had a close-up picture of Captain America's face. So that's kind of cool. So this is the Assassination Plot, part five of six. And the other thing too, Bob, about uh, Sabretooth, um, the reason they thought Sabretooth was dead was because um, uh, he was believed to have died in New Mutants 75. Uh, this was after a battle with the X-Men and X-Factor in those issues uh uncanny x-men 243 x-factor 39 um but he didn't die uh um and in fact he showed up in wolverine number 10 um where uh that's that's a, a famous expensive key issue in, in wolverine volume two um so that and then and then then he shows up here but not too many people knew 
that he was alive. Now, the creators, I just want to point this out. This is a little interesting. The creators for this one, uh, Dave David Michelini is still the writer, but it is not Todd McFarlane as the penciler and anchor. Instead, we have a guest penciler, Eric Larson. Now, uh, Eric, uh, we had uh, as a guest on the show um, not too long ago. He was on episode 117, I want to say, if you want to check that out. Um, it was a really cool conversation with Eric. But um, he had originally um, done, he did like one issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I, I want to say it was in the 280s, like 287 or something like that. Um, and so now he's back with this issue which is 324 as a fill-in artist but he will be taking over as Todd McFarlane's regular artist on the book as, as I mentioned before Todd is moving off this book to do his own Spider-Man series uh, the anchor for this is Al Gordon and then the others are still the same uh, colorist Bob Sharon letterer Rick Parker and editor Jim Salakrup Bob, would you like to hear the solicitation for this one? I'm hesitant to say yes, Rick, but I can't <laughs> help myself. Yes, I would. In Simcaria, Captain America and Silver Sable confront Sabretooth, the true assassin of Simcaria's prime minister. Meanwhile, in the United States, Spidey and Solo track down the current ultimatum bigwig. And on top of that, diplomatic relations between Simcaria and the U.S. have not only broken off, some carriers sending death squads after U.S. politicians. Well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. So this one, we we open up to a a giant splash page of Spider-Man hanging upside down, and he is looking at a ultimatum soldier who is webbed up, hanging upside down. And the title to this story, Bob, is Tuesday. That's you going to elaborate? Yeah, of course I am, Rick. So uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a, an extension of, of what, the, what this panel, this big splash page, uh, we, see, we see the webbing extended and it goes down to the bottom of the panel where it actually forms the letters for Tuesday, but it's spelled as in the number two, pluralized twos and day. Hmm. It's a little play on words. It is. Do we know why yet? We don't. Oh. So Eric Larson is doing his best imitation of Todd McFarlane. He, if you look back on his amazing Spider-Man 287 that he did, the artwork looks completely different. He's absolutely trying to emulate Tom McFarlane's webbing, his Spider-Man costume, even some of the hair, the costumes, things like that. He's he did that, and and when we talked to him, I believe um, in, in when he was on the show, he talked a little bit about how it was important. He learned very quickly that when he was taking over a book that it was important to emulate the artist to not have as big a shock. Um, he also has some really cool stories about, um, you know, the importance of layouts and splash pages and how to use them, when to use them. Uh, so check that out. That's like I said, episode 117. So it reads, 
Your trick is terror. Your dance is destruction. And you come to Ellis Island to ply a bit of both. As an ultimatum soldier, you've brought skill and plenty of explosives. You're good at your job, but then so is Spider-Man. Guess we can call this a wrap, huh, guys? And we cut to the next page, and there's like, I don't know, half a dozen Ultimate Agents all in a big ball of spider webs, right? They're all just kind of, it's almost like, you know, like when you see some a whole bunch of people in a net that gets pulled up into the air, and they're all yeah. kind of pushed together, right? Right? Yeah, except it's it's webbing. So they're trying to, uh, and there's a whole bunch of weapons laying on the floor underneath. You've slowed us, but you will never stop, Ultimatum. We'll unite this planet despite your interference. Right, by blowing up Ellis Island, the historic gateway for immigration to America, you're going to bring people together. In destroying symbols, we shatter borders. And without borders, people will no longer be separated by political dogma. Mister, I've been healthy. I've seen healthier minds bouncing around padded cells. What about the innocent renovation workers who would have been here when your bomb went off in the morning? Doesn't death mean anything to you? And one guy thinks to himself, not if the right people die. And he pulls out a gun. Spider Spence sends tingling. He's got a wait behind me. Solo. And Solo shows up and he just takes his machine gun out and fires at the whole ball of ultimatum agents. Stop it! And he webs the gun and pulls it away. You didn't have to kill them. I saw the gun. I couldn't know that. Besides, they were terrorists. And while I live, yeah, I know. Terror dies. I learned all about your philosophy and some caria. But what we're up against now is more important than any personal crusade. Or have you forgotten? And he holds up a nice uh, newspaper that in the headline reads, Crisis Grows. That when Sabretooth assassinated the Simcaria prime minister, he left evidence implicating the CIA. That's why Captain America and Silver Saber have gone after Sabretooth. And I'm looking for Toller Whale, the ultimatum officer who engineered the murder. These loonies could have given me a clue. I won't apologize, but I do see your point. Then why not work with me? Cap sources have another lead they're looking into. I prefer autonomy. But I suppose the ends could justify the means. I will call the Subcaria Embassy. Leave any messages for me there. He's walking away, not winking out. Are there limits to his powers? Sheesh, there's so much I don't know about that guy. And with the stakes so high, that could make him as dangerous as helpful. I just hope Cap's doing better on his end. And he swings away, leaving a big ball of bloody dead ultimatum agents hanging from the ceiling. Uh, seems like that, it seems like that might raise some questions. I know. Good times. And then we see a dagger being thrown into a picture of Sabretooth hitting him in the head. Sabretooth must die. We need Sabretooth alive, Silver. His testimony could prove that the CIA wasn't involved in the assassination. It could prevent a war. In some carrier, Captain, we believe in justice. 
Even my company, Silver Sable International, was originally founded to track down Nazi war criminals. There's a difference between justice and retribution, Silver. We need Sabretooth's statement to defuse a bad situation, to save lives. That's why we tracked him here to his latest freelance operation. I know, and I assure you, I will do the right thing. Now, that's very pointed, and I don't mean it because she's just pointing her finger. Nice, nicely done. Right? But a little emphasis on the word right thing. Mm-hmm. It's always like it's always like the the villain who pays somebody to do something and says, Oh, you'll get your just rewards. <laughs> you'll get what you deserve. You'll get what's coming to you, right? Like it's always so like you know, telegraphed. I feel like that's the case here. So they uh, they get over the site and they parachute out. Uh, and uh, Cap, again, is in a parachute, Bob. Again, yes. And they land in the jungle below, and there's a bunch of, uh, I don't know what they're called. Soldiers? It looks like a band of uh, cold-eyed outlaws to me. Okay. Um, yeah, because they they do look mean and scruffy, right? So they're yeah. they're certainly drawn to look not like nice people. Yeah. Ay caramba! And there's Captain America with the moon lit behind him in the jungle, walking up to these ne'er do wells who are drinking alcohol and playing cards. Oh, sounds like a horrible time. Thank, thank goodness they're not smoking. Yeah. What's that one guy doing with his back to us? Is he taking a taking a leak into the bushes? Like, what is he, he doing? Is. But I got to say, that guy on the far right of the panel with the glasses, he looks like, remember Detective Franz from Hill Street Blues? I don't see look- a guy with far right glasses. You don't? He's he's You know the guy who's immediately in the foreground going, hmm? Well, yeah, there's, I see six people. Oh, well, there's a seventh. Is, is there? What, what I'm looking at. I need yeah. to pull out here. Let's see. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I, I know. I was just <laughs> just about to. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just said, oh yeah. Now, all right. Now that I now that I pulled out, Bob, yeah. I can uh, I can see better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like turning down the radio. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you see better. Like that's Detective France from Hill Street Blues. Yeah, I could see that. Sure. I'm looking for Sabretooth. I hear you recently aided him. Where is he? Just like that. Fa. Maybe the, you are big deal north of the border, Capitan, but this is our country. Only a fool would come here alone. I agree. And then here's those throwing, what are they called? Chais? Throwing, uh, throwing chais? Yeah. Is, is that, that a tea? Throwing chai tea? No, it's like, C H A I. Oh yeah, yeah. But those are like the the three pointed daggers. Right? I thought Psy was S A I. Yeah. Like the like the weapon that Electra yeah. has. Right. No, these are these are written as C H A I. Oh. So is that okay. a Kai, a Chai? What do you think they're called? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll. I can. I. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. the, the, never heard of them. They're kind of like throwing stars. 
uh, that are knocking weapons out of people's hands. And then Silver Sable comes up and she she kicks one in the gut. And then she throws a smoke bomb. Smoke! I cannot see! That's the point, amigo. Bandit's running. Have to grab the leader. Now, where's Sabre? Talk. Your reputation precedes you. You will not harm me. That's right. He won't. Uh, uno momento, senorita. Uh, forgive my little gist. Of course I will tell you. In fact, I will take you to him personally. And he has a little lit cigar in his teeth. And he looks scared and sweating. So then uh, we cut to... And it says, while speaking of personal, we cut to a, a two champagne glasses uh, being toasted. And it's Peter and Mary Jane in bed. To the sneakiest, most conniving witch on the planet, my wife. Oh, Bob, how often do you use that toast? Once. <laughs> right before my funeral yeah oh peter you say the sweetest things but i haven't landed that role on secret hospital yet i was just called back for a second reading i know but you'll get it then we'll celebrate with more than ginger ale and late night tv hey bob i i think i have my favorite panel <laughs> I think I have my t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just may have to put that in my time capsule for later wow. too. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Bob, maybe you should describe to the listeners what we're looking at here. I I am like uh, I'm I'm dumbfounded, I'm dumbfounded by this panel quite honestly because it shows it shows Peter in his striped pajamas you know, that he borrowed from Dick Van Dyke. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, he's laying there uh, in, in the bed with, uh, with Mary Jane and they're both toasting with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ginger ale and their martini glasses. And she is, uh, he's facing toward us and she's facing really like toward him. Mm -hmm. And uh, the covers are down to their, uh, her knees anyway. And she's uh -huh. wearing um, lingerie, a pink yeah. lingerie. And go on. Yeah, her her uh, posterior mm -hmm. uh, is, yeah, is, yeah. is quite visible, mm. quite visible. And uh, mm -hmm. let's just say that lingerie is perhaps a size too small. Mm. Yeah, it's it's um, well illustrated. It is. Um, I, I, I think it I don't know why, but I'm looking at that and it reminds me of a Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> it must be Valentine's Day. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's like a big heart on. <laughs> what? <laughs> heart shape. Uh, yeah, I don't know why people think we're immature for reading comics. <laughs> it's not the comics, folks. Mm. Uh, oh my goodness. Maybe we can combine it with a housewarming party when we move into the new loft. Wow, I'd almost forgotten about that. I was only in some carrier for a few days, but so much has changed. I mean, after we're gone, the Palermos will be Aunt May's only tenants, besides Nathan. Things are happening pretty fast. 
Yeah, I know. And they're watching TV, and on the news comes on, have been further developments in the Simcaria crisis. And then we cut to the next day in Central Park in the morning, and Spider-Man is going along into uh, the, the, the woods, you know, in Central Park. And he's up in a tree, and he's waiting. The information cap sources have gave me had better be right. Otherwise, attacking the Metropolitan Museum isn't going to do wonders for my rep. Now, where is Solo? Gotta be. Who else be wearing an overcoat in the middle of the summer? Except someone hiding about a zillion guns? And he drops down from the tree upside down, hanging from his web. Well, good morning to you, too. Because Solo's like, you know, aiming a, it looks like an Uzi uh, at his head. I got your message. What's the game? The remodeling on the museum is being funded by Life Foundation. They were going to hide the Simcaria assassin before Paladin and I butted in. There's a chance they may still be involved. Let's find out. Hey, we need a whale alive, remember? Don't be so eager for blood. I only do what many would do, if not for fear of retaliation. Terror's greatest weapon is that, it, that if resisted, the resistors could become the next target. But since I have no country, no politics, no identity, that leaves me free to strike. Without mercy. And he rips off his his uh, overcoat and hat, and they start running. And Spidey swings after him. Oh, swell. I feel a lot better now. Don't know which I should watch out for most, my enemy or my ally. Then we cut back to Mexico, and there's a dead guy hanging upside down with blood coming and his body, you know, his, at least his clothes are all slashed up. And we've got Sabretooth. Meat! That's what you all will be if you question my orders again. No, Senor Sabretooth, we obey. And after a hard trek through the jungle, why Sabretooth's helping bandits steal artifacts from archaeologists? I thought he was an assassin for the marauders. He apparently has other... Huh? Setting fire to the canvas, trying to signal his comrades. So the guy that took him there personally, Bob, took out his cigar and he's lighting the canvas. So she punches him. and But it sets off smoke and so everybody comes running. I'll handle the bandit, Silver. You free the hostages. We'll worry about Sabretooth when the civilians are Silver. And he sees her chasing after Sabretooth into, um, uh, wh wh what is that? Like a pyramid? What are the, what are those like Aztec type of? Yeah, yeah. No, they call them pyramids. They're oh, okay. just more ziggurat shaped pyramids, right? Mm, ziggurat? Yeah. Ziggurat. 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 How do you spell that? Z-I-G-G-E-R-A-U-T. Hmm. So those are the step pyramids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah. I know what I'm looking at, yes. Yeah, the, well, I mean, they were originally, you know, the, the early early Egyptian pyramids were ziggurat shape. A lot of the, uh, I think, ones from like um, Babylonians were ziggurats. Hmm. Interesting. See, I learned something new today. Comics, folks, comics. So she's in there, but it's dark. She doesn't see the saber tooth just comes out and kicks her. 
And basically, you know, he talks about how his senses are sharp as an animal's, almost as sharp as his claws. And then he he rips her shoulder with his claws. And she screams out pain. And then she goes over to and she falls onto the wall and she realizes that it's soft. So she decides, you know, it's starting to crumble. So she starts to um uh try to to push away at the wall. And then he comes by and he he uses his claw and he guts her. So then she's she's there too, and he's like, Not running, just standing against a wall. What's your play, girly? That is the point, Sabretooth. I am not going to play. You may triumph, but I will not give you the pleasure of a hunt before the kill. Ah, oh, darling, you're breaking my heart. Just the only fun I can have is we'll be eating yours. And he goes after her uh, just when Cap shows up and he yells, Silver. And she says, I have to time my leap just. And she does. And the whole wall and ceiling comes clashing down on top of Sabretooth. It makes a loud noise, Bob. <laughs> Crumble. <laughs> well done, Bob. That's a weird noise. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. More of a description than yeah, an actual right? sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> and then, all we see is a hand underneath the rubble. No pulse. Collapsing wall killed him. Curse it all, Sable. You should have waited for me. Together we could have taken him alive. It was my life or his, Captain. I did what I had to do. Maybe. But now it's all up to Spider-Man. So there's Spider-Man and Solo. And uh, he's on, they're on the monitor. Um, and there's a, a, a... Looks like a scientist guy who's... You know, on the monitor watching, and he's talking to Major Whale. Um, uh, so they they have, he says, uh, fear not, the gentleman financing his operation spared no expense. He's not only provided you with a luxurious hideout, including the actual renovations that assure your privacy, but he's also supplied outstanding security. And then what happens, Bob? Well, they're in the Metropolitan Museum, Rick, and all of the uh, suits of armor that are, are lining the halls suddenly start moving. They come alive and they're carrying weapons and, and, and firearms, not like swords or anything. And they start mm -hmm. shooting at Solo and Spidey. Yeah. So, um, whereas Solo's um, suit appears to be bulletproof. Spidey is not, so he's trying to to dodge. Um, and then Solo's firing at the um, at the at the suits of armor, but um, it's just uh, the ricocheting bomb. They are. Sping, spang. So Spidey takes his webbing and uh, he just he he hits them and you know pulls them together to smash into each other. And those are ancient uh, ancient pieces of armor that are getting destroyed. Bob, does that does that make your uh, your Indiana Jones professor heart uh, it does. melt Somebody, a little bit? Somebody's gonna have to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. And the torch hits the acetylene, and there's a big explosion. Bob, crapoo. <laughs> 
<laughs> you couldn't even you could even say that straight face. Rapoom! Oh yeah. And then uh we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quick hurry. <laughs> and, then, and then uh Spidey uh stops Whale from falling. Uh he grabs his his uh his boot and he's holding him. And then, you know, he's hanging from the web, but he's grabbing him with his with uh, his other hand. Um and uh he says, You gotta testify, and I don't mean to Saint Peter. So you're gonna live until and and solo says Drop them, or I'll cut you both in two. Ah, oh, jeez. Holding my web line with one hand and whale with the other. Can't shoot more webbing and can't get away. I'm trapped. I should let whale go. He's probably responsible for more deaths than Jim Jones. And I've got a family, a wife. I have a, a life ahead of me. Yeah, a life I'll have to live with myself with and what and with what I've done. Sorry, Solo, I can't let anyone die. Not knowingly, not willingly. You're stupid, Spider-Man. And very brave. Perhaps putting well out of commission might be enough. This time. So they cut back to the Simkarian embassy the next day. And Cap's on the phone. And uh, Spidey says to a bandaged up silver sable what's the buzz cap whale spilled the beans not yet i'm afraid then maybe there's another way i mean we've learned an awful lot how about we go public with what we do have maybe that'll be enough to calm things down too late i've just been told that Simcaria has formally broken relations with the u.s and rumors are spreading of death squads sent to murder American officials in retaliation for the prime minister. If we don't get definitive proof soon, blood will flow. And whoever is behind this madness, for whatever reasons, will have won. Dun, dun, dun. Next. Dang. Target Washington. All right, Bob. Getting to issue 325, this is the last part, part six of six of the Assassination Plot, the final chapter, guest starring Silver Sable and Captain America. Please let our listeners know about this really cool cover. It, it, it is a really cool cover. So another McFarlane cover. Uh, and uh, let's start from the bottom, right? We have what looks to be the skyline of Washington, D.C. with the Capitol building in the foreground in ruins it's on fire uh there's clearly a lot of structural damage to the buildings buildings in the background are tilting over in the foreground there's other buildings that have collapsed and then as we move further up the cover we see spidey uh holding in his left uh, his right hand a tattered american flag and his left hand he's he's, he's he looks like he's wiping his brow and there's a lot of smoke billowing behind him, but even further in the background, taking up almost the entirety of this cover uh, is the visage of none other than the Red Skull. Dun, dun, dun. And that is a very cool looking skull mask, don't you think? It is. It's well done. It's well yeah, done. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You know, he's got the... The black eyes, but 
you know, sunken with these little beaties in, in, you know, in behind them, uh, the brow, the nose, the, the gritting teeth. And he's got the, you know, the cig along cigarette holder mm-hmm. that the, the, you know, the smoke from the cigarette holder is, is billowing with the smoke coming up from, um, you know, the, uh, the destruction. And then remember that little corner box in the bottom, you know, the UPC thing. Yep. Uh, this one is a side view of the red skull. So we get back to Todd McFarlane as the penciler and inker, and the rest of the team is the same. And the opening page has a couple of panels, and it is someone stamping the Department of Defense request for security clearance rejected. Security clearance denied. And what's the title of this one, Bob? It is finale in red. Mm. So I love the uh, I love the form. You know the request for security clearance here because if you if you look carefully underneath the rejected, you see just a bunch of scribbled lines on yeah. several. But except for there's only two things that are that are legible, and on the second line it says Spider Man, mm-hmm. and then further down on like the fifth line it says Captain America. But everything else is just pure scribbles. Right. Yeah. It it almost reminds me of watching a TV commercial in another language yeah you know because you hear blah 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 tide blah 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 coca-cola right you know yeah yeah i also love the fact that like this obviously is a file folder it's spider-man's file folder and on the label it says man comma spider yeah that's funny uh which would be wrong because it's a hyphened name right right yeah yeah come on department of defense yeah so the military intelligence sub headquarters in Manhattan, the decision is final, Captain. Despite my recommendation and that of Silver Sable, we may need Spider-Man, Colonel. We'll need every edge we can get. Since the prime minister of Silver's native country, Simcaria, was assassinated and evidence was left to link the murder to the CIA, tensions between our countries have soared. If they build any further, there could be war. Our search for the real masterman behind the killing has led through Sabretooth, Solo, and the terrorist organization called Ultimatum, but we still don't have solid proof. Taller Whale, the Ultimatum leader we captured, has been broken and revealed that the next target will be the Simcarrier ambassador to the United States. That's why we're mobilizing a special task force, sending it to Washington to prevent more bloodshed. Denying Spider-Man a place on that task force is ill-advised and unfair. Come on, Colonel. Have a heart. Bend a rule. I, I laid my life on the line for America. That may be, Spider-Man, but you're also tying my hands. You won't remove your mask. Won't let us take fingerprints. Why, we don't, we don't even know if you're American. Okay, if that's the way you want it. But when the bombs start falling... Just send my draft notice to somebody else. And he flies out, you know, webs out, leaps out of the window. Don't know why I'm so angry. I've never been overly patriotic. Never even thought about it much. So how come I feel humiliated, unworthy, 
like a kid whose parents just told him he wasn't good enough to be their son. Beneath his mask, Peter Parker scowls. And these are some cool scenes, you know, him uh, webbing through the inner city. Um, you know, the buildings are pretty cool, nicely done. A tensing that eases only as he approaches his destination, his Aunt May's boarding house in Queens, where in a stuffy, overcrowded attic. And so uh, we see Mary Jane there going over, you know, packing. And Peter comes up and, and says, boo. And of course, she turns around and she she swings at him, but he, but he, you know, misses, she misses him because of his spidey sense. Kind of quick on the trigger, aren't you, Mary Jane? That's what she said. <laughs> and who can blame him, really? <laughs> so he, uh, he comes up and he hugs her. Sorry, Peter, you startled me. My fault for acting goofy. Feel like listening a while? My ears are yours, sweetheart. Always. Softly, Peter explains the situation and frustration. So I guess I'll just mope around the house for a few days, let you soothe my wounded ego. You're awfully good at that. Hmm. Finances are tight with what the move and me being out of work and all, but I'm sure we can swing a round-trip train ticket to Washington for you. Um, didn't you hear me, ma'am, Jay? I said I'm out of this. I heard you, but I know you. You won't let go. If someone's in trouble and you can help, you'll help. That's one of the reasons I fell in love with you, silly. I guess you do know me better than I know me. I'll go. Maybe I could take some saleable news photos with my automatic camera. Make the trip pay. Even so, I'll miss you. You'd better. Suitable cuddling ensues. Um... I want to see some of that unsuitable cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what's the uh, what's the Mac? That's the Mac series, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, different different line. I like how he said my automatic camera. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, it was, uh, that was cutting edge back then. Yeah, yeah it was, indeed. Yeah. Washington D.C. The Pentagon the next day. Your plan for guarding the ambassador seems airtight, Captain America. Thank you. Are there any questions? The elite commando stands silent. They know their jobs well. We'll join up with you later, Colonel. I'll like a word with Silver alone. Last-minute plans, Captain? Last-minute understanding, I hope. Your thirst for vengeance is well-known, Silver. I'm asking you to keep it under control. A corpse might not be enough to erase friction between our countries to prevent a war. We need to capture this mastermind alive. How about we keep everyone alive? You. How did you get in? Security around here is set to thwart troops and terrorists, not guys who can walk on ceilings or have a spider sense to forewarn them of danger. What's the matter, Cap? You don't look thrilled. This is the Pentagon. That anyone could break in bothers me. Okay, look, I've been thinking, Will crumpled too easily. My bet is he's a red herring. There's another target, and it's up to us to find it. Not us. The military has Will's confession on tape. My orders are to follow up on that. 
and I stick with the captain to make sure there isn't a cover-up. Jeez, there's such a thing as blind patriotism, you know, and sometimes that could be as dangerous as anarchy. The colonel's waiting in the departure area, Captain. We have to go, Spider-Man. But Whale and his cronies are being held in cells in the basement. Perhaps I'll re-question them when we return. Was that a suggestion? The most Cap could do without violating his orders? Even if it wasn't, it's given me an idea. So he goes uh, several little levels down, and then he's dressed as an ultimatum agent, and he goes into the cell. Major Whale, the boss sent me to bust you out. Alone? Uh, the others are out, are hiding. We cleared the way to the motor pool, grabbed the jeep, and take off. I'll follow after I've uh, freed our comrades. Meanwhile, you can have this to remember me by. And he hits him with a spidey tracer. And it hits him on the back. Um, so then uh, Spidey goes after and follows the spidey tracer. Uh, as Ware is uh, on, the, on the jeep taking off. Uh, he uses his unique spider sense to follow the self-sticking bug he planted to Toller Whale, gives chase through the winding D.C. streets, a pursuit that eventually leads to the National Archives. Now I know that Ambassador Tip was a ruse. The originals of the country's most important documents are stored here. The Constitution, Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights. If someone stole them, and left evidence that Simcaria was responsible, that could be the last straw. The U.S. would declare war. Other countries would take sides. The results would be slaughter. Spider sense tingling. And he moves at the last second as a machine gun starts firing, Bob. Blam, 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 blam. And who is it? Oh, come on. The watchdogs? Say what? You'll never escape the watchdogs, wall crawler. The archive guards fell before us, and now you. But Spidey uh, hits the couch behind them with webbing and pulls it forward and nails them. Back off. And he hits, hits the other one. Now, I like that crouch on this next panel. Where he's he's got his his right hand in front of his face and his left arm up. That's a, a cool pose. It is, yeah, yeah. If I remember my high school civics, the important stuff is usually kept in vaults in the archives basement. And since there may be more watchdogs between here and there, perhaps I'd best take the unscenic route. And he goes through, and gets into the air vent. Several silently traversed air vents later. And that's a cool panel right there, too, with him looking through the grate in the shadows. Yeah, the lighting from the shadows is really well done. Yeah. Yeesh, Kmart must have had a blue light special on costumes. Ultimatum soldiers? Resistance? Goons from the sweatshop? Whoever's behind that must have been big connections. But everyone seems preoccupied with breaking into the vault, which should leave me time to make a few 
preparations. Now, Bob, these are all Captain America group villains. They are. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Now, remind remind our listeners who the Watchdogs and Resistance and the Swept Shop are. All right. Well, I mean, the Watchdogs are a, a far right nationalist group, right? And we know that they uh, went up against uh, John Walker, uh, uh, of course, uh, when he was Captain America and ultimately killed his mom and dad, right? And then uh, they came back again. Mike Farrell's uh, story arc involved mm -hmm. the Watchdogs. And then, of course, the Resistance were a uh, team of uh, mutants that were anti-mutant registration act. And the sweatshop were a bunch of dudes that uh, got upgraded by the power broker and then had to had to work off their work off, I guess, their their debt by uh, being thugs and whatever and, and nefarious dudes. They could be rented out. Well, this is very strange. These are all Mark Grunewald error. Uh villain groups in the captain america books yeah odd mm, it is odd and after those unspecified chores had been set to spider-man jumps down into the midst of them spider-man i haven't got all day gents who's first will i do wall panel sliding back who no the red skull it is the Red Skull, Bob. And he is dressed to kill. Now, we kind of knew he'd be in the issue because of the cover. Yeah. But but yeah, 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 right. He He's he's standing there in a three-piece suit. Uh, far cry from the the house coat. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, and he's, again, holding the, the long cigarette holder and smoke billowing up. Ah. Uh, you recognize me. How flattering not to be just another face in the crowd. Talk about connections. I mean, a private entrance to the National Archives? Something tells me I found our mastermind. I was expecting an attack after Major Whale returned from his rescue. But I'm a bit disappointed that your intruder is you rather than that pompous Captain America. Still, I can always use allies, if only to look the other way. Are you kidding? You want me to help you steal priceless documents? Steal them? Don't be mundane. I'm going to obliterate them. Oh my gosh, those lackeys weren't trying to break into the vault. They were wiring it to a bomb. Some carrier would be blamed, of course, just as America was blamed when I sent Sabretooth to assassinate the Prime Minister. The resulting war would be debilitating, making it so much easier for me to work from within to destroy the United States. My sources tell me you were snubbed by your own government. Wouldn't you prefer working for someone who wants you? Won't you join me for, say... A million dollars. One million dollars. Uh, and he opens up a briefcase, or as Bob likes to say, attache case. Indeed. And everybody looks into it and they're all like aghast. A million? Mary Jane's out of work. There are school expenses, moving costs, 
Selling photos to the Daily Bugle is getting tough. And the way that colonel looked at me, like something he'd scraped off his boot. I'd serve him right if I... Ah, uh, who am I kidding? America's got problems, lots of them. But it's still my country, and no amount of money could change that. And he throws the money back into the case. Patriotism must exude its own hormone, one that promotes stupidity. And he walks away. Kill him. And just then, uh, you know, they start rushing him, but he jumps up into the air. Gotta pull free. Go nab the skull. He's ducking back into that secret passage. If I can get to him before the wall panel slides shut. No, Will's throwing the switch. Trying to set off the bomb. Can't get through this army of thugs in time to stop him. But maybe a spider tracer can. And he fires a spider tracer right where the uh, the lever would close, but it can't make contact because the spider tracer is blocking it. Did it. Stop the switch from making contact. Now, to help the rest of these costume zealots make contact with each other. And he's throwing them at, you know, hitting everybody together. Blast, there's always one more. I don't have time for you. And he fires his, uh, his webs. Now that, again, look at that detail on the gloves, on the webbing. Mm -hmm. right. Very, very cool. Yeah. And he goes after that uh, that door that closed behind the Red Skull, and he rips it off with his spider strength. And he um, he goes into the secret passage, but there's a dozen passages. Nuts. Better call in the military. They have the manpower to do this right. But first, I'll retrieve my automatic camera, along with my little item I borrowed from the Pentagon evidence room. And sometime later in the aforementioned Pentagon, the recording is being played. When I sent Sabretooth to assassinate the Prime Minister. This is astonishing, all of it. But what's most amazing is that these tunnels under the archives are all led back into one another. They went nowhere. Obviously, the Red Skull has a hidden escape exit. Even so. This photographic and audio evidence should be proof enough that America wasn't behind the assassination. It is. I've been on the phone to the acting prime minister in Simcaria. He's agreed to sponsor a resolution absolving the United States. I made a mistake, Spider-Man. You're a good American. I hope you'll accept my apology and your country's gratitude. Colonel, the pleasure was mine. Thank you for helping to see justice done, Spider-Man. A token of our appreciation in cash will be waiting in the Simcaria Embassy in New York. And then Cap comes up and puts his hand on his shoulder. You did a grand thing, son. I just wish I could have helped more. I hope you understand. I did what I had to do. So did I, Cap. And when it comes down to it, I guess that's all any of us can do. And sometimes, this time, that's enough. And he swings away. Bob Lucius. Bob Lucius. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. 
Three part story. All right. Yeah, right. you know, it was it was fun. A it little was. different. A little different. Yeah. You know, I I I have not read many Spider-Man stories in my life, Rick. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think before this, uh, one. One. Really? I read, I read the one more day uh, story. Okay, interesting but, choice. Yeah, but I I I've never I've never really read Spider Man. So now now you want to go back and look at some of those uh, Eric Larson Mary Jane? I do, I do. Issues. I'm going to be scanning those tonight <laughs> at bedtime. So uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> no. All right, Bob. Uh, any any thoughts before we get into to, to, to finish this up? No, it was a good story. I think they utilized Cap well. They did, Bob. What did they do? They utilized. No, Bob. I'm sorry. They used Cap well. They they okay, integrated Cap well into uh, you know the Spider-Man story, and they and they played him right. You know, he had the right personality, the right character. They didn't they didn't they didn't portray him in a way that mm-hmm. was different than what we would expect. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think you know that tension between you know good good guy Cap. Right, he doesn't. Uh, and they use that against them, right? Uh, yeah. So they were able to juxtapose Silver Sable and Solo against, the, you know, what Cap was willing to do and what he wasn't willing to do. And you know, Spider-Man, you know, is watching all this, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what we do in real life. We we see what others do and we try to model those that uh, uh, that we admire and respect. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. I I enjoyed that, you know, and I thought. You know, having the Red Skull being the master evil behind everything, um, I think some of the tip off could have been when we saw all those together at the end, right? The the different uh, villains from Captain America's book because Red Skull had that, right? We saw that in issue 350, which would have been maybe a year prior or something like that when, when this story came out. So I think that story kind of inspired maybe uh, David Michelini to, to do this, uh, this six part story um, and have that. So that was cool. There was, so it was more than just Captain America appearing as far as like the tie in to, to what was going on in the Captain America series at that time. Right. Yeah. I I would have liked to have seen some sort of reaction of Captain America at the end when it was revealed that that Red Skull was behind everything. I mean, like he, the, the, you know, he it wasn't. I, I'm not going to say he didn't have a reaction. I'm just going to say it wasn't captured in this comic book. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, I'm sure he did. It's just that like we it was left out. And yeah. it's uh, his big foe, right? Right. Right. It's his nemesis. Yeah. He's, he's still alive. You know, like, you know, right. it, it, it should have been uh, a little what bit. What was he wearing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but other than that, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. So, Bob, you go first. I went Ooh. first last time. Uh, you go first on favorite panel. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to go with uh, issue 324. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's like page 13. It's the first panel at the top of that page. And it's, you know, it's when they, they've gone to the jungles of Mexico, right? And they're, uh, they're, they're fighting with a bunch of these uh, ne'er-do-wells. And mm-hmm. um, there's a great panel that 
covers the entire top of, of the page and it's cap in the middle in a melee surrounded by uh, the flying bodies of these individuals that he is, uh, he is, he's dealing with. Uh, and I, I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great mishmash of bodies with cap in the middle. And you could tell it's smack dab in the middle of the fight. And I, it's, it's a great, he's got a great look of determination on his face. And uh, I like this panel. Nice. Good choice. So a little Eric Larson action. What about yourself? Well, you know, there's so many good things. I mean, like I pointed out so many times and I would love to, to go ahead and point, pick out some of these really cool poses of Spider-Man that, that uh, Tom McFarlane had done, but this isn't the amazing Spider-Man fans podcast. It's the Captain America comic book fans yeah. podcast. So I'm going to have to go with a Captain America favorite panel and i'm going to go back to the the first uh uh issue we covered 323 and i'm going to go with um page 10 and that is the one where cap is coming down you know in the parachute uh that they end up making you know like i showed you the bumper sticker full uh i i think that that's my favorite panel it's just a really cool panel of him it's it's him making a grand entrance into the story and uh, it's a pretty cool image. It is. I, I wanted to save that one for you because I knew you liked it. Oh, so, you're that's so sweet. The way I, it's the way I am. It's yeah, the that's way how I you roll. There. It's the way I roll. <laughs> so uh, what about uh, T-shirt worthy? T-shirt worthy. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the cover to 323, which is, you know, Cap standing there with uh, Spidey uh climbing down the wall behind him but but cap standing there with his shield up in the air i listen has there been better images of cap of course but this is i like this style you know with todd mcfarland's style and uh i i think slap that on a t-shirt and i i totally would get that excellent excellent um how about you well you know you, you did say it is the Captain America comic book podcast. Otherwise, I, I, I definitely would have gone with Mary Jane's rumpus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that you only wear in private. So I'm going to go with uh, issue 323, page 16, the first panel. And oh, it, which which one? Uh, it's page 16 of uh, issue which 323. Issue? 323. Okay. Yeah. And it's the one where Cap is is throwing the shield directly at the reader. Mm. Um, yeah. And he says, only a couple of dozen. I expected primary defenses to be a bit more. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I, I like the um, I like the uh, the depth of that panel. I like mm -hmm. the way he's chucking that uh, shield and it, you, you see the, you see the motion of the shield as it's moving toward you. Mm -hmm. And I, I like the text balloon as well. I, I'd love to see that on a t-shirt. I'd wear that. Okay. Yeah. Sign me up. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to get to time capsule, Bob. What do you got for time capsule? All right, Rick, I, this is, I, I'm going to go with the blood and the bodies. Mm, uh, okay. because it's so 90s right i mean all well it's the, actually 1989 yeah you know, 89 you know late late 80s early 90s it's so much uh, uh an exemplar of that era where the body counts and uh really the, the the blood you know and and you don't see that as much anymore and you certainly didn't see it before that it really was an artifact of the times and uh and 
you know, to me, it's just a bit gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, young kids, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess today young kids wouldn't be bothered by that at all. They've seen so much worse, but, but back then it seemed a, a little bit gratuitous and, uh, and in retrospect, it just seems unnecessary. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally get that. Um, and I, I know a, a couple of our listeners might feel the same way too. Uh, all right. So for me in the time capsule, I'm going to have to go with uh, a mention of something that totally puts it in a time frame. And that was the whole Iran selling, selling weapons to Iran uh, that uh, Silver mm-hmm. Sable mentions. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a big deal. You know, that during, was a huge deal. And and this was, you know, not not too I mean, 1989 wasn't that long be- after that. Uh, the Iran Contra affair. So, um, yeah, I think that kind of uh, puts us in a in a time frame that is pretty obvious. So that's going in my time capsule. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. All right. So, uh, listeners, come back next episode. We're going to do two issues uh, in Captain America. We're going to jump. We're going to jump up a couple of years. We're going to 1991. <laughs> uh, so we did something in the 80s. Now we're going to do something in the 90s. Now, granted, there's only two years apart. But, um, you know, we we saw the watchdogs in in this uh, in this story and it whetted the appetite. So we're going to go to Captain America 385 and 386. This is a Mark Grunewald story, Ron Lim art. It is Cap versus the Watchdogs, but getting in the way is John Walker, U.S. agent. So we uh, we're looking forward to, to covering those two issues. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it's uh, it's always interesting to see uh, John Walker and uh, Steve Rogers uh, in the same story, and uh, and and juxtapose their two different approaches to solving problems. So. Yes, indeed. That'll be fun. So come back next episode and we will cover that. All right, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has. I can't wait till next week. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fan. Ironically, the CIA has provided information indicating an ultimatum stronghold on the Simcaria Latvarian. Latvarian. There you go. That's it. And slightly more than an hour later, along Simcaria's mountainous. I should probably read this stuff ahead of time, right? I did read it. I should just probably practice it. I don't know. And slightly more than an hour later, along Simcaria's mountainous northern edge. It's just mountainous, but... Mountainous? Oh, damn it! <laughs> mountainous. Yes, that's a word I have, have actually heard. <laughs> mountainous! <laughs> that's the most... <laughs> That's the most mountainous mountain I've ever seen. <laughs>